Hi there, and welcome to Resilience in the End, a weekly podcast that recognizes we're in serious trouble, but stubbornly focuses on how to find community and joy in the chaos. I'm your host, Polly, and today we are going to talk about starting or supporting a little free pantry. But first, a shout out to the featured supporter of this episode, Amandoid. Um, I won't blow up your spot. I know who you are. So thank you. Uh, They left a review on Apple Podcasts that said, I would seriously follow Polly anywhere, including into the land of podcast to be prepared for the end of the world. I really, really appreciate the support. Thank you so much. Uh, You can also be a supporter of this podcast by leaving a review wherever you listen to your podcast or supporting me financially uh, by buying me a coffee. You can go to buymeacoffee.com slash barks. And yeah, thank you so much to all the supporters. Let's dive in. So I have been thinking about little free pantries a lot recently. I used to run one when I lived in town uh, on my porch, it was, had well, it had several iterations, but it ended up being a little enclosed um, pantry with shelves along with a mini fridge. And it was such a great experience, not just for being able to share food with folks in the community, along with like hygiene and um, like diapers and other kind of like physical products. It was just such an easy, tangible way to connect with my community. So I do sometimes miss living in town. There is a, a more built-in community when you're you're close to community. Um, but in other ways, I, I really am loving living in the country now. Uh, there's more space to grow food. There's more a little bit of quietness and I I'm still quite close I'm only 10 minutes away from town it's not like I'm way out in the middle of nowhere but you know the move also came with kind of a decline in the capacity to be out and active like I was I used to do a lot of things in the community that like I just energetically can't do anymore um so it just means that I need to connect in different ways um I don't know how that's exactly connected to little free pantries, but I I think for me, like, I definitely don't live in a place where a little free pantry makes sense, but I have more land to grow. So next year, I'm hoping to do like a one-to-one CSA box with a family in need, you know, directly connecting with them. Um, Yeah, I guess I'm just encouraging you that have a listen to this episode to see if setting up or supporting a little free pantry might be right for you. Um, And if not, I just encourage you, like me, to take the ethos of the Little Free Pantry, which is feeding your community, and figuring out how to incorporate that um, in a way that that makes sense for you, and that can look like a lot of different things. Okay, so back to Little Free Pantries. Um, I guess I'll start by talking about what it is and what it isn't. So if you've never heard of one, a little free pantry, um, and I'm going to quote from the Little Free Pantry organization website itself, is a grassroots crowdsourced solution to immediate and local need. Whether a need for food or a need to give, Little Free Pantry facilitates feeding neighbors, nourishing neighborhoods. So basically, if you've never heard of this concept, Little Free Pantries are really just like those little free libraries you see all over the place, just for food and, uh, you know, maybe hygiene goods instead of books. Um, 
So they're really cool. They There are actually quite a few that have popped in and out of existence in my area, which I, I think is really great. They're very easy to set up. It can be really anything as basic or elaborate as you want, which we will talk about in a few minutes. But it is just a set location that people know they can come to, whether they need to take something or they need to give something. And I think with any discussion of little free pantries, I think it's also warranted to have a discussion about what little free pantries are not. And I think we need to recognize that a little free pantry is not meant to replace real resources for hungry people in need in your community. They can meet a few immediate needs, but little free pantries are not a replacement for a societal safety net. They're just not. Um, a few pantries, as many good-hearted people as there are, you know, a few pantries scattered around in a neighborhood can't fight the very real issue of food insecurity, low wages, um, systemic marginalizations, and things like that. There's the immediate band-aid of the actions we can take as individuals, but the the true healing uh, solution is is much, much larger. As we know, the government sucks. Uh, you know, we can fight back and forth about voting is so important and like Republicans are terrible. But the truth is both parties suck. <laughs> both parties occasionally do good things. Both parties generally try to cut benefits to people in need because we believe in this bullshit individualism that doesn't work when you are, you know, just serving corporate interest. But yeah, I mean, a little free pantry can't fight against the fact that the Trump administration looked to cut almost $200 billion from the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, SNAP, over the next 10 years. There was additional emergency assistance during the pandemic, uh, which Trump enacted, uh, which was cut and cut people's benefits, I think, on average by almost $100 a month, uh, which hi, the Democrats are in power and they did fuck all to deal with that. And in fact, we're seeing more and more uh, cuts to SNAP coming as each year moves forward and as inflation goes up and minimum wage refuses to budge. Uh, food hardship did not go away when pandemic benefits ended. And to think that little free pantries are the answer is is just not it. It is a great immediate um, answer to a few people's needs, but does not address the wider issues. So I'm not saying that to get you down or to feel like it's it's pointless to try some smaller actions. And I think, in fact, building close-knit networks of aid may actually be the answer in in smaller communities, but on a larger scale, it's just not feasible to think that little free pantries are the answer. So I want you to keep in mind, especially if maybe you feel like you are not in a place to start a little free pantry. There are many other things that we can do to influence food security. You know, that individual, again, just needs to go into collective action. Starting a little free pantry is one way to actively mitigate some immediate food and security needs in your area, which is very, very important. Um, and that's what we're going to talk about today. So how you actually start a little free pantry. Um, let me talk you through 
my steps. So I am giving this three levels based on your capacity to get involved with this. So Little Fruit Pantry level one is support. And this is for folks who, for whatever reason, can't or won't put out a little free pantry. Um, maybe you live in an apartment building where they don't let anything go out. Um, maybe you don't feel comfortable putting something in your yard. Maybe a family member won't let you. Um, maybe there are some strange restrictions because you live in a terrible HOA. I don't know. Um, but if for whatever reason you can't set up even a temporary little free pantry, your tactic can be support. So if you go to mapping.littlefreepantry.org, again, I'll, I'll leave this in the show notes, um, but you can look at a map. There are quite a few little free pantries all over. You'd be surprised, even in small towns, schools, churches, um, a lot of like um, halfway houses or supportive housing will have them in front, things like that. Um, so you can find a nearby little free pantry and stock it you know consider every time you go to the grocery store you buy a couple extra cans of your favorite soup um and like you know a couple cans of veggies uh that could turn into chili things like that um and you just drop them off in the little free pantry on your way home and just kind of an ongoing thing that i think is the very easiest way to get started with this and just to get a sense of the needs of your community again like if you can look hopefully there's some good signage that says hey we run out of this thing really fast like toothpaste um can you bring more toothpaste so you can get to know the needs of your community and fulfill that even if you can't um you know host a little free pantry yourself so the level above that is to start small this is where i started um I think the biggest hurdle to overcome is people are like, well, I'm not allowed to have permanent structures out or I live in an apartment or it's going to get stolen. And like, so what if, you know, if something gets stolen, it is, it is what it is. Starting a little free pantry can be as simple as putting out a small table or cardboard box in your yard for a few hours at a time. Um, I did that a lot of times when I had excess produce. I would just stick it out in the front yard, watch to make sure squirrels didn't take it out. Um, and yeah, people would come by and grab it. Um, it helped my old house was on a path where kids and their parents would walk to and from school. So I had some foot traffic as well as just the neighbors that knew. If you live in an apartment, have a particularly strict HOA, or just don't have the capability to try, um, you could have an impermanent stand or box for one or two hours at a time in a place that gets traffic. I think um, for me, laundry rooms and apartment buildings are an ideal place to set up a gorilla little free pantry. A lot of times they already have some kind of swap area or lost and found there. So it's easy to just set something up with a nice little note of of what you're doing. I saw somebody recently commented on my blog post associated with Little Free Pantries, which again, I'll link in the show notes below. And they said that they have a pretty large homeless population around their apartment building. And she was thinking that she would like zip tie a plastic tote to a fence and stick like mittens and hats and hand warmers in there. And like, what a good idea, right? If it, if it gets cut down and it's gone, because you know, 
property managers or cops are assholes, that's that's fine. You can always, you know, spend a couple extra bucks and, and try again. I, I think that's an awesome idea. If you do something like this, I think it's really helpful to try and keep a schedule so that people can expect it. Even if you don't always see them, people do know that it's there and word spreads. <laughs> um, for me, I started a public Facebook page so people could follow along with what was available. Um, even after I put up a permanent structure, whenever I got new stuff, especially like time sensitive stuff, like um, we had a meal delivery service that would occasionally bring extra like meals. And I would just put up a post that's like, hey, we have like five dinners here. This is what it is. Please come grab it before it goes bad. Um, so if you can do that, I think it's really great and it gives people a sense of, um, regularity and, you know, even in the case of Facebook, being able to look and see what's there to see, you know, if it's, if it's worth coming over. Uh, in this iteration, I think I used a cardboard box, a folding table, um, one of those plastic stands that have like the plastic drawers and I just labeled one snacks toothbrush you know hygiene whatever um and had it out there uh that was in particular for the kids I know a lot of kids would come and grab toothbrushes and toothpaste and deodorant um that worked really well but yeah it certainly doesn't have to be like a big thing especially if you're concerned about it being stolen that's what everybody always says I mean somebody is stealing it they probably need it or they're just a stupid kid and so don't put anything out you're not okay with being gone but it, it can literally be a couple boxes that's totally fine <laughs> I would definitely recommend starting there but if you feel like this is something you're called to and really like enjoy hosting you can move to level three which is the real deal so I ended up here um I owned my own property I there weren't technically any restrictions that I knew of um I was used to the sharing economy um I didn't mind people coming up I had like a porch with it was a very small porch but I had two entrances so the side entrance um if you go on my website you can actually uh see what this looked like but I had a side entrance so people didn't have to come right up to my house. It blocked off the main porch and I had a mini fridge and a, a little shelf pantry there. Um, and it it was all covered and structured permanently, you know, all drilled in so nobody took it. And it worked out really well for me. Um, so, you know, if you own property, know someone else that does, has a particularly kind parks and recs department uh, that's looking to do some public good, you could install a more permanent structure like that. Um, again, if you go to littlefreepantry.org, they have lots of examples of pantry builds. Um, you can see they're varied. They follow no particular pattern. But if you need some ideas of, of what you think might work really well, um, you can go there. If you have a more covered pantry, you could do a, um, even just like a bookcase would be be great. Shelves, things like that. Um, you know, again, embrace that zero waste lifestyle. Use what you already have. But yeah, a few pieces you may want to consider as you have space or ability to manage. Um, a weatherproof box to be out 24-7. So this is this is the must, right? I had a local kid build one with a simple hinge door and roofing tiles on top for like added security. 
like from rain and snow. But again, like I said, if if you have an area that's covered, you could do shelving. Um, you know, you could build it yourself. You could use one of those metal or plastic like um like outdoor tool sheds, really anything. Um, that would work well. I do maybe recommend if it's going to be more permanent, figuring out a way to attach it just so it doesn't disappear. <laughs> um, if it's, you know, something you're investing a little more time in, you may want to lock that down. You could think about a fridge. Um, someone ended up donating a mini fridge to me, uh, which seriously upped our game. I had like an outdoor plug-in. I got like a heavy duty outdoor uh, extension cord to plug it in. We wrapped it in like heavy duty tarp so it would be covered. And so we were able to add milk, yogurt, uh, butter, eggs, and even pre-made meals from a local meal service when they had extras. This was a huge game changer. And if you are able to do that, I would highly, highly recommend it. People you know, the, the pantry is fine. The dry goods are fine. But there's something about having that fridge there that people were like so excited about and it was like you know just just the things that are harder to get like milk and and butter and those more expensive things um if you're interested in the fridge option i would recommend looking into fridge.org fridge um, F-R-E-E-D-G-E, Free Fridge. It's an organization that helps people set up community fridges. I wasn't necessarily affiliated with that, but um, definitely took inspiration from them and they have some great ideas on running that well. Uh, the last thing I would certainly recommend that you include is signage. Make sure you list exactly what people can leave. They will inevitably ignore it, but you can try. And it also gives you some kind of plausible deniability of like, you can go and check and pull it out. But you know, if somebody comes by and says, oh, why is this in here? Well, you can say, well, I've asked not to. We monitor this frequently, blah, blah, blah. You know, akin to that, specifically asking folks not to leave anything with a like past a goodbye date. I, I personally am happy to play around with Best Buy dates, especially, but for other people and for safety purposes, we want stuff that is good, that has not been outside in the heat or extreme cold for a long time. And yeah, making sure we give people good things we would actually eat and that are good for them and, you know, not gross. Um, which also very important to note that the pantry is being monitored and cleaned regularly. If you come up against any kind of pushback against um, a little free pantry, that's likely what it's going to be. It's like, well, you don't know what people are doing and people are gross. And if you say, well, I come out every day, twice a day, I wipe down the fridge, I pull out anything that's been there over a week, whatever your rule is, you have some plausible deniability of like it just being a lawless thing you're doing. So yeah, I think having signage up about how it works, um, what it is, because again, some people might not even know. And yeah, go from there. Uh, again, Little Free Pantry and the Fridge organizations have some really good tips on signage, especially if you have a fridge, you're going to want to be really careful with that. So Obviously, the, the winner in all of this is the permanent structure. By having it up permanently, it provides further security, but also encourages others to drop off goods to stock themselves because they know it's going to be there. I had a neighbor across the street who had two kids that were 
constantly growing out of diaper sizes and she would just bring the extras over with wipes. Another neighbor next to me would always just bring like extra bucked mac and cheese and butter and milk every time she went to the stores because she's like, that's all my kids eat. So somebody's kids will like that. Um, so yeah, again, it just, it, it builds not just a buffer against immediate food insecurity, but also brings your community together even more. So yeah, I guess that's kind of it. Um, I hope that some of this encouraged you to maybe consider interacting with the Little Free Pantry in some way, ideally doing it long term. Again, like I said, I'm now not in the position where I can host one, but I will shop and drop things off. Um, and I am you know, working to address food security, food insecurity in other ways as well. If you have comments about things you've done or questions, uh, logistical questions or philosophical questions about Little Fruit Pantries, I would love to chat with you. Uh, you can go to podcast.com slash, no, <laughs> you can go to polybarks.com slash podcast slash nine, um, the, the word N-I-N-E, because it's episode nine and leave a comment, and I would love to chat with you about it. My joy this week is, hmm, uh, you know, I'm really struggling with the weather here because it's just so warm, but I have been enjoying uh, the ability to line dry my clothes in the sun. It's been very nice. Um, they smell so good after that. Uh, so I am trying to find just the tiniest bit of joy in the anxiety of an exceptionally warm fall, which is <laughs> um, very fine and normal and nothing's wrong with that. But yeah, uh, my joy is fresh laundry dried outside in the warm sun. It's pretty delightful. All right, I will let you go. I will talk to you next week and uh, be good. Stay well. Talk to you soon. Bye.